Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me while I break down the week in Bravo TV news. Thanks so much for tuning in to Bravo Happy Hour. As a reminder, please, please, please give me some love on Apple Podcasts. Big things are happening to the show right now, so any rating or review will be super, super, super appreciated. This Thursday's episode is a part of a new series I'm hosting with Jess Zeta from the Real Housewives of the West Side podcast called The Real Housewives Happy Hour. We're basically kiki over a random Housewives topic once a month. It's going to be super fun, and feel free to shoot us over any episode suggestions, because why the hell not? So you can just shoot them over to my email at bravohappyhourpod at gmail.com, and enjoy the show. All right, thanks for listening. Bye. And today is the very first one of many to come of our, I guess, collaboration series, if that's a title, Um, which I guess we are calling Real Housewives Happy Hour. Um, Being that Megan is in New York, I'm in LA. She is taking all the East Coast housewives. I'm taking all the West Coast housewives. We still have yet to figure out what we're doing about Dallas because that's in the middle. Uh, But anyway, we are going to be doing these crossover specials, I believe, starting out like twice a month. And then, yeah, tell us how you guys like them. If you um, like, the content, if you what you want more of, what you want less of. We started out with a comparison of the premieres, aka the very first episodes of New York and Beverly Hills. And we compared and contrasted and talked about how interesting the different themes and uh, you know, characters, not I mean they're real people, but you know, um how different it is then versus now and what stayed the same and all that good stuff. It was actually, if you haven't done a, uh, a time jump, I guess, in a while, um, go back. I didn't even know this, but helpful hint, guys. If you have Hulu, Hulu has all the back episodes of like every housewife. So um, I, of course, now I'm going back and watching the first season of Beverly Hills again, which is pretty amazing and actually um, – kind of interesting to watch leading up to this season and everything. Anyways, so we, it'll be a little bit of everything and something different every time. So it'll sometimes be news related. It'll sometimes be relating to the current episodes, sometimes old episodes. Um, But yeah, we're very excited about it. So Real quick, before I jump in with Megan, I wanted to give, of course, a very special shout out to my BFF level Patreon subscribers, Ashley, Kelly, and Noel. Thank you guys so much for supporting me at that level. I really, really appreciate it. And to all my other Patreon subscribers as well, I really appreciate your generosity and support of the podcast and I am working on lots to come of course if you are not a patreon subscriber please feel free to go check out patreon.com slash rhow of course for the rest of the month of June everyone at the five dollar level is getting both episodes a week and all the back episodes and then there are um, different things for the ten and twenty dollar levels as well so you can check that out over there all right, without further ado, I will get into it with me and Megan. I am here with one of my favorites, Miss Megan O'Donnell from the Bravo Happy Hour podcast. And Megan and I are very pleased to announce that this is the first one of our, I don't know, Megan, what are we calling this? A Maybe like a monthly joint bonus episode, if there you will. There we go. Yes. It's like, <laughs> it'll, oh. it'll find something with a nice ring to it eventually. <laughs> 
I've, I just figured it out. Del, like, it's like real housewife happy hour. Exactly. There we go. Look at me being all smart. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, an East Coast versus West Coast. So, yeah, East Coast, West Coast, Bravo situation. Whatever. We'll figure that out later. Uh, <laughs> we'll make it sound jazzy within the next month yeah we'll get like a cute little like gif or I don't know like animation <laughs> I, no I'm not gonna go through all that I don't know whatever um anyways so yeah this is the first of many to come and we thought for our first one I'm like taking all the credit for this Megan this is totally your idea <laughs> um our first episode would be together would be Beverly Hills versus New York premiere episodes which by the way I didn't even allow you to say hello so no worries I feel like your listeners know my voice and my listeners know your voice so I feel like it's all good it's 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 all in the same but yes I'm glad to be back collaborating with you you're one of my faves because the two of us can truly talk about nothing for hours on end it's 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 quite impressive we both need to be like literally taking a heavy dose of Adderall before we record truly I need to like get a prescription just for our episodes (laughs) I'll I'll ship you some of mine in the mail can you do that I'm like that sounds illegal but I feel like I won't tell you won't tell and hopefully none of the listeners will tell yeah don't say anything guys (laughs) oh my god okay so yeah we have the pleasure of watching the premiere episodes of both new york and beverly hills which by the way did you after you watched the first episode of both didn't you want to go and watch the entire first season again are you kidding i worked from home today and watched i I was obviously just into beverly hills i've rewatched new york a bunch of times but i then started like on season four of beverly hills with like (gasps) yolanda and brandy and and joyce and carlton i'm like oh my god i'm getting so deep into this all over again Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Season four. I recently rewatched some episodes from season four too. And there's a reason which will come out in my podcast hopefully (laughs) soon. But, um, and I was like, oh my God, season four is actually like kind of a really important season, especially regarding what's going on now in Beverly Hills. Well, if anything, it shows you that Lisa Vanderpump has always been a snake. Ken is always yelling at the other women on her behalf. She runs away from any conflict. She can't deal with anything headfirst. And it's unfortunate because I do love Lisa Vanderpump, but it's also just quite telling that like, yeah, history does repeat itself Uh and keep seeing the same behaviors over and over again with zero accountability. So, And we're finally, we're finally, Brandy's finally getting like her vindication, which is, that's also just a weird world to live in. But anyway. So, okay. So Beverly Hills versus New York. Um, I watched Beverly Hills first and that's where my notes start. So I'm just going to make an executive decision. That's where we're starting. <laughs> Done. I love when people make decisions for me. Um, I'm not very good at making decisions, but anyways. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Beverly Hills, it premiered in 2010. For some reason, I thought it was prior to that, but I don't, I don't know why, but yeah, I remember um, before Beverly Hills premiered, and I know this girl that I used to work out with at Sports Club LA back when it was still Sports Club LA. Now it's Equinox. But um, anyways, and I re- this is such a random thing to remember, but I remember like doing my makeup in the locker room, and she was like, oh, yeah, did you hear that um, they're going to make a Housewives of Beverly Hills, and Paris Hilton's aunt is going to be on it? And I was like, <laughs> what? And and then all of a sudden it like it came out so yeah 
you're welcome for that little trip down memory lane. Um, yeah, so it it premiered in the fall of 2010, and our first year cast was uh, Lisa Vanderpump, of course, Adrian Maloof, Camille Grammer, Taylor Armstrong, and Kim and Kyle Richards. So, wow. Um, a couple things I wanted to, I took notes on that both, um, but I realized that both Beverly Hills first season and New York did this first season is these, it reminded me like really of really early on episodes of Sex and the City when they would do those like interviews with everyone. Mm-hmm. I do remember that in the first, it was either the first season of Sex and the City or the first episode when they interviewed those people like on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, tell us what you love about New York. Yeah. <laughs> or like, tell us what you love about living in Beverly Hills. And they're like, Beverly Hills society. Like, they like just like <laughs> say like generic, like stuff like that. Yeah, it was really like kind of, so, okay, so back in the day when it first premiered, Lisa Vanderpump was still living in Beverly Park, which Beverly Park is like, it's the, it's the only gated community in Beverly Hills and it's um, up kind of closer to Mulholland and, and ironically I think it's BHPO it's not even City of Beverly Hills but anyways it's the big gated community where like Mark Wahlberg lives and I can't remember oh what's his name um Victoria Beckham hus- husband um what the uh, fuck's his name David Beckham yes David Beckham <laughs> <laughs> or <if Beckham's> husband. <laughs> anyway they all live there so LVP was living there back in the day and um so okay so this is how everyone kind of knows each other but yeah, okay. So well, LVP and Adrian are neighbors. They live across the street, so that makes sense. Adrian was friends with Taylor because their kids both went to preschool together. They both went to preschool at this Catholic preschool that's like not close to either of their houses at all. But whatever, it's fine. Um, okay, so that's how they knew each other. Not really sure how Camille fit into all I mean obviously we know that Kelsey wanted to get on the show so he could go bang his whatever uh flight <laughs> attendant but they didn't really introduce like how they knew I her weren't there ties between Camille and Kyle based around real estate I feel like it wasn't implied in this first episode but I yeah, feel it wasn't like implied in the first episode. that was a well, tie between was, the two of them yeah that was one of Camille's digs she was like well your yeah. husband's the local Beverly Hills realtor blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, who's laughing now, girl? Exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, in Camille's defense, (laughs) Camille's husband at least doesn't have multiple lawsuits going on, so, you know. Yeah, true. (laughs) Um, And then Kim and Kyle, that wasn't really explained that much either. Um, But, yeah, so when when we, oh, this is the other thing that I notated. Okay, I notated how much, how much, oh, my God what their age was at the premiere and what their age is now. And I kind of like, I'm still in shock. Okay. Lisa Vanderpump on the premiere was 48. She looked way older than 48 to me because Adrian was 47. Kim was 44. Like Kyle was 40. Um, Taylor was 38. Taylor was the youngest. And honestly, the oh, and Camille was 41. The, the only one that I think looks like kind of the same is Camille. Camille, I think, looks pretty much the same as the first season. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Kyle had the glow up. Like, you oh, know, yeah. Adrian looks 
you know, I mean, Adrian looks like you Kathy can't even, now. Yeah, you can't even tell it's her. It's like Bert, like so close to looking like little Kim. Um, <laughs> yeah, Kyle. It's like okay, how many noses ago was that? How many like injections and mini lifts? I mean, yeah, it was she's a definitely whole had mini lifts. You could definitely oh, yeah. tell. Oh yeah. I mean, it's something to be ashamed about. I feel like Kyle, out of a lot of the women on the show, has been very like hush hush about her cosmetic journey. Just put it nicely. (laughs) (laughs) But I think Kyle looks absolutely beautiful now. I feel like she's actually never looked better. And she's understanding that, like, you can't just have this, like, mop of long hair. Like, you got to do something with it all. Yeah. Oh, I forgot how much her hair was, like, a situation. In (laughs) that first episode, I was like, stop with the fucking hair. Oh, my God. And she was still living in the house that we obviously talked a lot about on our Hilton episodes. (laughs) The house that was literally like a couple houses down from the house that she grew up in with Big Kathy, um, which was sold a long time ago. I looked it I looked it up and I closed the tab. Um, I mean, the the house, what they sold it for like one point eight. It wasn't like a big house or anything. Anyway, but yeah, so we we start out with, um, actually, you wrote down everyone's taglines. Will you please tell us everyone's taglines from the first episode? Of course. And also, just a side note, this first episode is called Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Wealthiness, if that tells you what <laughs> anything about these women. So Kyle's is, in a town of phonies, <laughs> I'm not afraid to be me. Kim's is, I was a child star, but now my most important role is being a mother. Lisa's is in Beverly Hills. It's who, you know, and I know everyone love that Taylor Armstrong's is it may look like I have it all, but I want more. Like it does not look like you have it does not look like that. Taylor, (laughs) please do not get that twisted. Camille Grammer's is it's come. It's time for me to come out of my husband's shadow and shine. Little did you know, Camille. (laughs) He put you on this pedestal girl. And then Adrian's is money is what I have, not who I am. So it's interesting how they're all either like about their husbands or yeah. people being phonies, which Kyle's is always about like, I'm from this town. Right. Kyle's I love Beverly Hills. Ta- and- tagline every <laughs> year. Didn't someone point this out? Maybe it was Danny Pellegrino. Her tagline every single year is like in Beverly Hills something. And I'm like, yeah. dude, you don't live in Beverly Hills. <laughs> Wait, where is she now? What town is she in? She's in Encino now. Before she lived in like Upper Bel Air, um, they call it like Beverly Crest. But I mean, when you're that, I I don't know. I mean, I live like literally on the side of Beverly Hills, and sometimes people, if they don't know like Century City, I'll just be like, oh, it's near Beverly Hills High School. Where just gonna tell everyone where I live, by the way. Yeah, Um, right. (laughs) In case they want to come. That's super safe. Don't worry, guys. The my address is unpublished. You can feel free to visit me at my post box office in, um, <laughs> in downtown Beverly Hills if you'd like. LVP. Oh, this is the other thing I wanted to mention. I totally blanked. I don't know how I could forget about this, but this is. I didn't realize we met Cedric in the first episode. Yeah. So Cedric obviously was like a, a ex employee of hers at a lounge in London, and. They've been living in Beverly Hills. Like he's been living in their house in Beverly Hills for a year and nine months at this point. Like yeah. that is, you have far outstayed your welcome, sir. Um, yeah. For Do you sure. think him and Lisa had a sexual relationship? A part of me thought he was bisexual, and the two of them had something happening. But I, I mean, obviously, we're skipping ahead like a lot. But I don't 
think so. I thought he, I don't know. I mean, it's, for a while I was like, ew, he's such like a grifter. Like he's really, but then I don't know. I mean, now that we're finding out about, you know, everything that Brandy said was like, there was kind of some truth to it. I'm like, I mean, God only really knows. Maybe, I don't know. I think that there's, listen, I think that regardless, I think there's a lot, much more to the story. Totally. anyone and I also thought it was kind of like the fact that if anyone even brought up Cedric Lisa Vanderpump was like nope we're not talking about that moving on moving on moving on and I'm like oh okay like okay girl well the show actually starts at Lisa Vanderpump's house so again to kind of set the scene of where you know editors and producers kind of thought people would be most interested in so they obviously start in like her kajillion dollar mansion which I'm I'm glad she sold that place and quote-unquote downsized and is now living at Villa what is it Villa Rosa now Villa Rosa (laughs) Uh. but (laughs) they introduce like the kids and obviously jiggy which i always forget jiggy's real name is gigolo (laughs) oh yeah i forget that too i forget that too and then i always forget if it's with a g or a j it's spelled with a j but gigolo spelled with a g G. yeah i always (laughs) i always spell it with a g too whatever that's like european confusion yeah. And I forgot that her kids were like so young back then. And I mean, honestly, she, well, she looks a lot different now too, but I thought she looked way older than 48 um, in the first episode. In the first episode, if you would have asked me how old I thought she was in the first season, I would have probably said mid fifties. Not that she looks like bad. She just, I don't know. She kind of comes across a little bit like matronly, I guess. Absolutely. And her outfit choices also are like very like Elton John, if it it was a woman, like plus Liberace, (laughs) like, you know, like silk satin, like tops with like collars, Mm -hmm. like um, chunky metal belts with like big, like with like big circles and 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 Swarovski crystals like stuff like that like it just ages you because it's not like stylish at all and I mean she's still and she's like she's that woman who like will wear like the pink silk top with like the black lacy bra but like it's showing completely it's like this is not a this is not fashion like yeah she's very into like a a deep a deep plunge (laughs) yeah yeah but so, and then Adrian across the street, I, gee, damn, I missed the fucking glitter extensions. Oh, God. Adrian and her glitter extensions, and um, she, you know, wants to make a big point that she actually has a job. Um, and yeah, so Adrian is Melon. Lebanese and she is of the Malouf family who they have a lot of real estate and blah, blah, blah. And they own a basketball team, which I don't even think they own anymore. Um, the Palm Casino. And then she is married to Paul, Dr. Paul Nassif, which we all know. And I write in my notes, I go, Paul and Adrian already hate each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I remember in the first season how they were like, it's just like, it's just our <laughs> banter back and forth. I'm like, yeah. is it though? <laughs> Yeah, we we really like to bicker, but like all the time, you know. It's yeah, fun. like it's not really funny. <laughs> it's more like degrading. Um, and then this and is this, the other thing. No, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say we also kind of touch on this like very strange political thing in their first yes. scene together, 
where Adrienne has a framed photo of her being near Obama for something. And uh, what's his name? And Paul made like this whole big stink about, you know, her being a Democrat and him being a Republican and how he doesn't care. And she's like, regardless of your political beliefs, you should want our sons to be proud of the first African-American president. And Paul just like scoffs at that and like dismisses her. So I'm like, well, I forgot about that. Really, really interesting. I mean, it's so interesting when you watch stuff now because. You know, yes. seeing things in a different lens after, you know, Obama probably just being in office in 2010. They probably filmed in 20, 2008, 2009 by the time, you know, it actually showed in 2010. So it's interesting to see how, you know, now we're in like Trump's world, how, you know, if you're a Republican on Bravo, you're kind of like, uh, like raked over the coals a little bit, you know? So it's interesting to see how like flippant they were talking about politics. I thought that was interesting. I know. I know. I would be, I would be curious to say like what Paul has to say about that now. And you're right. I'm surprised <laughs> they even left that in. Cause I don't feel like any, actually I was going to say, I don't feel like they bring up politics at all anymore, but I, for, hello, we can't forget about the dinner this season with Camille where she oh. was, um perfect intro perfect segue yeah but anyways yeah so paul and adrian we start to see the cracks i guess um and then camille oh my god camille okay i i know that everyone this season in beverly hills was like oh camille like going back to season one camille but i was like i forgot how fucking obnoxious she was she was terrible truly terrible she once introduces herself she says Hi, I'm Camille Grammer. I'm a dancer, and I've been a dancer my whole life. Like, okay. I forgot that she considered herself a dancer. Me too. Like, I was like, wait, what is going on? Because then, like, throughout the show, she's like, I'm an executive producer on Frasier, and we have our own production company, and we do this, and we do this, and we do this. It's like, okay, cool. But, like, I just thought it was interesting that she was like, no, I'm a dancer, and I was on Club MTV. Like, okay. Like, that's her claim to fame. And can we yeah. talk about the dance that she was doing during her, like, intro package? Oh, my God. Wow. What was that? Like, I, like is that good dancing? Like, do I not know <laughs> dancing? Like, do I... <laughs> I don't get it. I think that was like alternative dancing. I don't know. But I <laughs> love how, but I love how she was like, yeah, now we're flying more commercial. And I was like, yeah, because Kelsey's boning the flight attendant, dum-dum. Like, that's why you're <laughs> yeah. flying commercial now. <laughs> how else is he going to meet people? <laughs> and the four, I forgot about the four nannies thing. Oh, and, and I for also forgot kids. that like, yeah, for her two kids. I forgot that she just, like, came right out. She's like, yeah, I had a surrogate. But then later we found out that she didn't do it. She didn't have a surrogate just because she was like, oh, I don't want to get fat or stretch marks. She had it because she had, what did she have? She had some, like, endometriosis, right? That, but didn't she have, like, colon cancer or something? Or colon, she had some kind of, like, issue with her colon, I think. Or she had, um... Fuck, what is that called? It's not an interesting disease. Google search. Camille Grammer colon issues? <laughs> <laughs> I truly... My Google searches are terrifying. Is it called Graves disease? Or is it celiac? She had celiac disease, I think. Oh, yeah, that's not good. I don't... Well, that's like being gluten-free. I mean, there's obviously that's more like to it. Gluten- and I'm, gonna, I'm literally going to get roasted for saying that. Um, Camille's going to be like... Celiac. Yeah, Camille's gonna be like, I was the 
first person that was ever <laughs> Seriously. But okay, so yeah, it looks like she was 35. She decided to have her self-tested for whatever, some cancer stuff, and she found out she had Lynch syndrome. Oh, what is that? I don't know, but it eventually turned into endometrial cancer. So maybe she's always kind of had like, you know, maybe fertility issues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. Lynch syndrome is hereditary non-polyopolis colorectal cancer. See, I knew there was a colon problem. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not funny, but. No, it's not funny at all. Yeah, definitely. I mean, might have something to do with the fact that she ended up having the surrogate. So that's, again, an interesting thing because that'll come up then with Adrian Mindeloof having surrogate and then not wanting to address it but also you know i think it's probably a little bit weightier for adrian because you know her kids her whole their whole lives were under the impression that they came out of their mother and they just a lie granted like who cares like yeah but i I can under obviously it's your choice whether you yeah and brandy kind of stole that from her but yeah well that was yeah that was inappropriate that she would like go out of her way to like make that comment however adrian like you don't have to live like a lie you know <laughs> to live a lie. yeah it's like kind of an okay thing you know yeah yeah exactly so there we meet taylor and i love how taylor in her like intro package we see her come out of she literally steps out of the bijan car on rodeo i'm like what fuck is going on like are we supposed to okay so anyone that lives in LA you know that or maybe if you visited whatever so there's the Bijan store in Rodeo and every day he had he parks not every day but most of most days I think he parks either his yellow like I think he has like a yellow McLaren or his yellow Rolls or his yellow Bentley whatever he has these yellow like Bijan yellow cars and they're always parked on Rodeo and you always see tourists like taking pictures in front of them and you see Taylor stepping out of the Bijan car. I'm like, what the fuck are they trying to do? So I'm like, is this Taylor, like, already pretending that she has Bijan's car? Like, I don't know. It was very weird. Um, and she's like, yeah, my husband's name is Russell. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, fucking Russell. Whenever I see him on screen, <gasps> my butthole just clenches. Like, my whole body, like, knows something bad is going to happen. Like. Was Sorry it, for being graphic. Was that dinner like the most awkward thing ever? God, the dinner I... with Russell and Taylor. And he, she's like, he's a venture capitalist. I'm like, <sighs> which is basically a euphemism for saying like, y- you don't know what he does kind of. I mean, yeah, I guess exactly. I, I know that a venture capitalist is supposed to be like someone that invests in businesses, whatever. But I also feel like it's kind of like something you can say without being like too specific yeah like you're the dumb woman who's trying to get you to marry her like won't ever call you on like what being a venture capitalist actually is so like it's sad (laughs) but yeah there's a dinner scene between the two of them and he just immediately is like so how's it going like what's the latest with your little company just like immediately belittling her from the start i'm like this is great this is this is the health like all the little red flags were there the whole time. Not not that I'm blaming Taylor or anything. I'm just saying that I'm sure even like herself while going back and watching, she was probably like, wow, like, you know, like, oh, shit, like it was there, which is like what a lot of girls. And I'm not saying it's like, you know, as intense of a situation. I and mean, obviously her situation was much worse. But like, I think, don't you feel like 
even like I feel like that with certain relationships I'm like oh my god I was so stupid like how did I not see that kind of thing oh yeah and it's like you can going back now knowing what we know it's like oh hello it was all there and by the way I I don't ever recall Taylor being a high level management consultant what even is that I don't know. She's one of those people who I've read so many different blog posts about her being like the ultimate grifter, like has changed her name a bunch of times, like yeah. has had all these fake careers and stuff. So I feel like I need to do a deep dive on her because I feel For like sure. she's probably up to something. I don't not maybe not necessarily anymore, but like I wonder where she's really from and what she's really done to, to right, get to this right. place. Well, she says in this episode, she's like, did she say she was from Kansas? She's like, I'm from a little town in Kansas and I'm never going back. We're like, okay, we get it. Like, you don't have to. <laughs> You're a Beverly Hills girl now. We got it. You can relax now. Um, yeah. And then we get introduced to Kim fucking Richards, which I have to say after our extremely deep dive. And for many of us, the holidays will look different this year. Family and friend reunions might not be the same, but that shouldn't stop us from feeling close. That's why I'm gifting my loved ones the most meaningful gift this year, a chance to tell their story and share memories using StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. It's a fun new way to engage with family, especially those you can't see in person this year. Around this time last year, I lost my grandfather, and I felt this insane guilt that I didn't ask him enough questions about his love story with my grandma, his career, his immigration journey from Italy in the 1960s, and so much more. To honor his birthday this past year, I gifted my grandma a StoryWorth membership. Every week, StoryWorth emails her a different prompt with questions you'd never think to ask, like, if you were to do it over, what would you have done differently? Or when was your first kiss? You can customize your prompts to ask anything you'd like, so I obviously had to ask, who's your favorite grandkid? Just kidding. <laughs> After one year, StoryWorth will compile all your stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that ships for free. I'm planning to order one for myself, my brothers, and my cousins so we can share our grandparents' story with our children someday. Give your loved ones the gift of spending time together wherever you live with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash bravohh. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash bravohh for $10 off. If you are anything like me, you haven't bought a single gift for anybody this year, maybe other than yourself. <laughs> this will be an amazing gift for anybody who is looking for that last minute gift that doesn't involve shipping costs and will be something that you can pass down to your families for generations. That's storyworth.com slash bravohh for $10 off you guys and you get a deal look at that like in-depth research on the Richard sisters I enjoyed watching them so much and I was like okay here we are so Kim was 44 then and she's 54 now um I mean I don't think she looks that different now I think she just looked like she's lived you know she's she's had a little bit of a rough time yeah I I feel like Kim is always going to be beautiful just because she's like tiny and blonde and like pretty like yeah. just naturally but she looked so beautiful and so young in this first episode obviously she's like kooky and like you could tell like something's up but you I mean as right. this, as viewers now who know where this goes it's it's interesting because you're like what is she on like what is she doing yeah, like, yeah. she's so scatterbrained she's all over the place but in the first few seasons I wasn't like you know in the first few episodes I wasn't assuming she was an alcoholic like that was definitely right 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 yeah but same thing like looking back you're like oh okay like I can kind of see it coming through and then also I don't know if I heard this incorrectly but 
I thought that she said, I have four kids from three failed marriages. But as we know from House of Hilton, she was only married twice. I was literally thinking that too. And then I'm like, yeah, I was like, wait, did she maybe just think they were married? Or maybe this book was wrong? (laughs) I'm like, who's wrong? But I'm like, honestly, like I might believe Jerry Oppenheimer's like biography on Kim Richards than I do Kim Richards. I know, I know personal time frame like maybe she wanted like I don't I don't even know if she like at first I was thinking maybe she said that intentionally so it wouldn't sound like so like slutty but then <laughs> yeah. I was like maybe well, she just be, being that it's Kim like maybe she just forgot it like <laughs> but I was like okay here we are like the first scene of Kim's I'm like this is just basically so kid because I feel like we've seen her move from rental to rental to rental like throughout the San Fernando Valley and here she is again she's like oh well my lease is up on this house and I have this many days to find another house and I'm like Kim this is we all know this is gonna go on for years so (laughs) yeah I know (laughs) yeah and and then her like claim to fame thing um little thing on the back she's like I was quite famous and she saws the story of Paris and Kil- or yeah her and Paris oh. and I was like oh my god it's like cringeworthy like, yeah no, you Kim, no. you kind of feel bad so she tells this like anecdote of when she was like leaving a fancy restaurant with Paris Hilton and like the paparazzi were taking photos of both of them but then like someone was like Kim Kim look at us and Paris was really jealous and Kim was like ah, I was here like it's like so yeah like it was... it's like uh all about eve that movie i always <laughs> think that like you know it's like the next young thing coming in uh-huh. even like paris will do with kim kardashian they're like paris get out of the way who's your beautiful friend who's that exotic yeah, woman next to you you know exotic woman. <laughs> yeah i mean kim kardashian was like so quote-unquote exotic when she came onto the scene which is because paris hilton's of the world just that blonde right, tall right. you know archetype of yeah a woman exactly and I liked how I liked how Kyle was like yeah her divorce set her back financially I'm like okay her divorce from Greg Davis was in like the mid 90s this this is like <laughs> like that was like more than 10 years ago Kyle like really we're still blaming it on that um and then this is also the episode when when Kim's like I want to have another baby oh well that should have been the tip-off that something was up and Kyle's like oh my god <laughs> maybe you should get a five bedroom home when all your kids are in college <laughs> like- yeah literally literally and then Kyle was also like so it was like such a kettle black situation because she's like Kim has this problem with spending blah 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 and I was like why don't you just turn that finger around Kyle right. um, and then even Mauricio calls her out for it later he's like yeah you know you gotta if I go on a golf trip are you gonna be spending all the money but um yes yes oh she and was. then I I did notice okay so did you see that Kyle was still was already wearing that uh cat big Kathy's old ring on her finger oh, yeah that big like it looks like a finger uh like a thing you put your finger in when like you don't want it to like move a finger trap. Like a yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then I don't know if you noticed this either but I noticed that on her left hand, she had her, like, original, 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 original wedding ring that was gold. Did you notice this? This was, like, she's had many incarnations of her wedding ring, um, which, I mean, no shade. I've barely been married for two years, and in in November, I already told my husband, I'm like, 
So I'm going to need another eternity band for our anniversary. And I'm also thinking like now I'm kind of sick of my engagement ring setting. And I'm like, I'm kind of, I kind of meet, might need like a different engagement ring setting too. He's like, oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but no, she had like her original wedding ring on and they were in that like little house. I mean, it's not little, but, um, and yeah, Portia was a baby and she's like, I'm not your typical um, or no, she was like, my mom wasn't your typical mom. I was like, that's an understatement. I uh, also found it really interesting how much Big Kathy was brought up within I the context too. of Kim and Kyle's life. I thought that was interesting. Even like Kyle was, Kim was packing something up in her house. She's like, look, Kimberly, it's your mom. It's your grandma. It's your grandma. It's like, okay. Yeah. Like, she knows what her grandma looks like. Yeah. It was very, it was very interesting. Like a lot of the. A lot of the, um, I want, I don't know, I was going to say, like, root issues of the show. But um, a lot of, like, the same kind of things, like, still, yeah, like, Kyle and Kim's relationship, um, Kyle's anxiety, Kyle and Lisa Vanderpump, like, getting on each other's nerves. Like, wow, it was all there, like, right kind of from mm-hmm. the beginning. So, yeah, I guess overall, um, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was a good pilot. I thought it was a good episode. It definitely made me want to um keep watching I guess back in the day and also it's it seemed more I mean maybe because it was newer but it didn't seem so like put upon like it it didn't seem so like fake yeah I guess so that was I would definitely agree. I think like once you saw all the ladies together. So after like the main intros, they all take like a private plane to go to Vegas. Actually, no, to go to Sacramento Sacramento for a Kings game with like Adrian Maloof and like her family will be there. And then I think that's when like the show kind of became interesting because you see Kim and Kyle interacting with each other Mm -hmm. and and Kyle like clearly wanting to branch out and hang out with the other girls. You see, you know, Lisa looking at, Kyle and like rolling her eyes at her because she's like freaking out over the plane just like being annoying and then you see I don't know I think just how they're all interacting with one another and Kim and Taylor not really getting along like and so I think you could kind of feel like oh okay these people actually have a little bit of history and these issues might be a little bit deeper than just like oh here's eight women we just threw together on a private plane right 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 yeah so I yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was great. And it, it and it kind of also made me a little bit sad because I was like, look where we were and look where we are. And yeah. <laughs> I almost think like, I, I mean, I know Taylor's like moved on, whatever, but like bring Adrian back. Adrian still lives here. Like, I think Adrian's a good, a good, like she's quick. She's, I think she's a good kind of like, I don't want to say shit stir, but she's like, I don't know. I think I I would, I would totally take her back. I think she could be good in the mix. And I mean, I think we all know Camille's coming back full time next year. So I'm here for that. And um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it kind of made me nostalgic. Yeah, it definitely like reminded me of the golden years of Beverly Hills. However, I think it didn't hold a candle to New York's pilot. Like I might be biased again. Yeah. New York's pilot. Good segue. Well, why don't you lead the New York discussion since it's your coast? And (laughs) I'll hand it over to you. So the Real Housewives of New York, Grace, our screen on March 4th, 
2008, which is crazy. So this was two years prior to Beverly Hills coming out. And I believe it was the second franchise. It was OC and then New York. And then did they, I don't, I don't remember where Atlanta was in it. I feel like Atlanta, but regardless. So this was before Beverly Hills. So Mm -hmm. I think they didn't maybe get the family, you know, element, which was really interesting because maybe after Beverly Hills, they were like, Oh, Jersey, we need family. Cause that does right, right, right. add layers. So New York starts with obviously all the ladies. The cast is, uh, Alex McCord, Luann Deliceps, Bethany Frankel, Jill Zarin, and Ramona Singer, which honestly, if you could put this cast right back in this season, I think I would, I think it would be equally as amazing as totally. like season one. <laughs> totally, totally. I mean, I could probably do without Alex and Simon. I forgot how much I hated <clears throat> Simon. I like find him insufferable, but I also find him insufferable in the same way that I find like I'm trying to think who I can compare him to currently. He like reminds me of like Tom Sandoval from Vanderpump Rules, like like hyper hyper metro, like very into dressing up, like very into clothing, like very into styling his woman. Like it's like he's like Kanye West, basically. He's like he's the <laughs> Australian yeah. um, carrot top version of yeah. <laughs> So it all starts off with Alex is the first woman to do her intro line saying, for some people in New York, status is everything. Yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, for you, you social climber. <laughs> Luann's is obviously, I don't feel negative about my privilege. And that's <laughs> it. <laughs> so, you know, girl, we got that. So You're nothing's changed there. Bethany's is New York City is my playground. <laughs> Jill's I run in a fabulous circle of people it's like okay Jill <laughs> Ramona's is I like making my own money I find that an aphrodisiac which That's again perfect Ramona tagline so good I was really thrilled with these I think obviously Luann's really makes me laugh I don't feel negative about my privilege it's like no one asked like, yeah exactly like <laughs> what does that have to do with you and like did someone accuse you of that or like <laughs> exactly I'm a little confused on that one. But the show actually begins with Ramona and she kind of starts to show up talking about how she's still like really sexy. Um, oh <laughs> now amazing. like her and Mario have like a booming sex life. I she's... didn't realize that Ramona was the one. It's crazy. Insane. She looks like she's like 38. She looks so beautiful. Well, in the first episode, they go over the fact that her and Mario met at the gym, which makes sense. So I'm like, and at the, she was like describing her outfit and she was like, yeah, I was the one wearing like the tight pants and the G-string. I'm like, oh, great. Wait, wasn't it a ruffle G-string? I, <laughs> what even is that? I feel like we probably could find a picture of her like in that outfit somewhere oh my god Did they show that picture one time i feel like they oh showed god. it or something i feel like she was in that outfit for like a solid two decades before oh for sure <laughs> like for that's sure. all she wore for sure. so we see that we're introduced to ramona obviously crazy she then is we are then introduced to jill who god, oh god who, I love jill. so 
I like love to hate Jill. Like I think too. she was such a good addition to the show. She's like, oh, you know, I'm from Long Island, the Jewish ghetto. And if you really want to be a part of the New York City social scene, you have to go to charities, political events, gifting suites, and name buildings after yourself. Yeah. And I also loved how she was like, at this time, like bragging about having Donald Trump as a friend. I was like, oh, wow. How times have changed. I know. Well, it is interesting because before Trump was like, obviously like running for president and like (laughs) doing that whole thing, uh, he was like actually respected in New York ultimately. And even, I mean, Ramona was, didn't they hook up? She met him at like a coat check or something. Like all those. Oh, I forgot about that. And Bethany was on Celebrity Apprentice. So like they, they're Trump runs deep in a lot of these circles. Well, it's a lot of housewives too, not just New York girls. Kim, as we find out, Kim. Oh, yes. Oh my god. <laughs> that gross. Uh, but I missed I I missed Bobby so much. Bobby was such a mensch and he's Bobby and Ginger. And <laughs> Ginger. Oh my god, I love Ginger. I love Bobby. He was so sweet. And I also forgot that like I didn't realize that right off the bat, Jill was like, You need to go to weight loss camp. I was like, Oh god. I know. Oh god, it was Jill. hard to watch that. And so hard to watch. And like, you know, you kind of see her having the conversation with Allie, who's like a normal sized girl. And, you know, they're going through this like, oh, well, it's a detox center. Jill's like, you know, you have to do the work, right? Why do you want to do this? And she's like, to lose weight, to lose weight. It's just is sad when you see like young girls like feeling like they have to like literally like get shipped away to a camp in Martha's Vineyard to like lose lose 11 pounds like because it's like all you're literally doing is like eating healthy and exercising it's like yeah well try to (laughs) implement those things to your day-to-day like it's a little harder yeah yeah that was that was sad but I and I didn't realize that for some reason I always thought that Jill and Luann went like way 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 back but she was like oh I just met Luann this summer at a movie premiere I was like oh I didn't (laughs) realize that like, I thought they had known each other a lot longer than that. Guess not. Well, actually, the girls, I feel like, went to the same school. I feel like later in the season, oh, right, right, we right. find out that they were, like, I think Victoria or Allie was, like, two or three years older than Victoria. But they, like, had gone to the same school. We go from Jill's whole family situation where, like, obviously Bobby and Allie are trying to, like, get to be close with each other. But that's that's also kind of weird, too. But yeah, that was <laughs> I, awkward. I like how Jill, like, went shopping with Allie, and she was like, oh, Bobby, when you get home, please, like, go up to Allie and, like, a- ask her to show you what she got. Yeah, I like, not even my real, my, I was going to say my real dad, but, like, my, my biological dad, who was my dad, like, he would never... I, if I was 13, I was like, Dad, look what I bought at the Limited today. He'd be like, I don't fucking care. Yeah, get but- that out of my face. He's like, did I pay for that? Like, Exactly. exactly. <laughs> then we move over to Bethany. We're introduced to her as a national food chef and a celebrity chef. And she wants to be the modern, healthy Martha Stewart, which I think she's kind of doing a good job with that. Yeah. Yeah. She, I mean, she made all her goals. Certainly. She says she's been a runaway bride. She was married once and engaged twice. She kind of goes into background about her family and how her mom was married a bunch of times. They never lived in the same place. And her dad was like a horse trainer. And so like he, they've never really been a part of her life. And obviously we see that unfold throughout all of the seasons for Bethany as a really devastating thing for her to have like literally like no family. 
Yeah, it is how she was like, oh, yeah, I'm like my friends. What did she say? My friends call me like an orphan or something. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was sad. And I forgot that she was dating the other Jason, the bald Jason. Oh, yeah, that was kind of hard to watch. So, yeah, she's yeah. dating this guy, Jason, who has like three kids and like he's really quiet. And you could tell he's like very uncomfortable in front of the cameras. And you could just tell from the jump that it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. But I did find it interesting. She was like, yeah, I really just want to be married and have one kid, whatever. I mean, she, you know, didn't stay married, but she got the one kid. And I forgot how much, I mean, she was, what, she was 37 when they started filming. So I forgot how much she was like, you know, feeling like her clock ticking and like, I need to have a baby. I need to have a baby. And like, so it is amazing that, you know, looking back, like that she really did accomplish like the majority of the things that she wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. And I obviously, you kind of see Bethany, like, especially in this episode, I just watched the first season of New York like a month ago. So it's still kind of fresh in my head. But yeah, her talking about like her biological clock ticking is definitely like a conversation point where she's having like with everybody she's meeting and like, even like they're, they kind of like break up a couple episodes into the show. And it's immediately like Bethany being like, I need to find a boyfriend. I need to find a boyfriend. I don't even need to find a boyfriend. I just need to find someone who will knock me up. It's like, okay. Right. Which is kind of like what she did. Because remember she met Jason and then it was like two seconds later. They were, yeah. she was pregnant and like two seconds later she was engaged. Like it did go really quickly, which I yeah. kind of wondered. Like, I mean, she said that she really like loved Jason and all that, which I don't doubt, but. I always kind of wondered if that was the reason why she chose him because she's like, okay, here's a cute guy and I really need to get pregnant. So let's like, just do it. Yeah. I think she probably just took advantage and he seemed like uh manic in the same way that she kind of is where it's like making these like impulsive decisions. Like let's have a baby, right, right. let's get married. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's get a show. Let's, let's do this. You know, where she right. has that energy and he, I think like mirrored that energy and like eventually as it like, as they got deeper and deeper into a relationship, he probably realized like, oh, wait, like, I don't really want this TV life. And I don't really want, you know, this type of publicity on our lives and our family and our child, you know? Right. So right. I think he was probably also kind of manipulative, too. Oh, of course. He knew exactly what he was getting into. And he probably yeah. could see like that she was on like a really great trajectory for her career, for making money, for skinny girl. Like you saw him like driving that little car in the beginning of like <laughs> what, he's what like, was it, like a bug. <laughs> yeah, he's like driving. No, the Mini Cooper. Oh yeah, the Mini like, Cooper, the red and white. Yeah, like you know, he did all those really sweet things for her back then. And you can imagine during their, you know, pillow talk conversations, they would talk about the business. And I can imagine him being like, you know what, honestly, half those ideas were mine. You know, I could imagine that being thrown in her face because it's like, I helped you, you know, like I made this. God. Right, right. Yeah. So it's like I the whole oh, so I forgot that yeah, the whole like they do the whole intros and then they go to the Hamptons and I love Jill being like, everyone goes to the Hamptons and the the whole tent. Oh my God. Ramona playing tennis and talking about her hot tennis instructor. I was like, some things never change. It was so good. She's like, yeah, like take your pants off. I'm like, what? Like, who's your tennis instructor that you were paying? Like, I don't think this is appropriate. And Jill getting tips from her tennis instructor. She's like, so what's her weakness? What's her? I was like, oh my God, you guys are psycho. Uh, yeah. 
Alex and Simon being like, oh, well, we're too good for the Hamptons. We're going to go to St. Bart's and like run around in our. I forgot how much I had been scarred by Simon Van Kempen's Speedo until I saw it again. And also like Alex's flat ass. Like, why are you wearing that? And it's also like a little, it kind of like reminds me of Dorit because she's like, she's like, yeah, it's just, it's very European. I'm like, you're from fucking Kansas, dude. Like, go yeah it's always like hard to watch people who are like dying to be like cultured and traveled but then it's like oh no I'm from Kentucky it's like no you can be the two things but like don't forget like you're not European all of a sudden like just because you like can go to same parts and because you studied abroad like you're not European like please yeah yeah and Simon and Alex's (laughs) shopping trip where she's trying on these Cavalli dresses I was like oh my god if I asked my husband to come shopping with me I mean, I would have to bribe him with something. And even like when I have asked him to come, he'll be like 15 minutes in. He's like, I can't. I can't do this. I'm like, who's, <laughs> like, if he if I was trying out all his dresses, he would be going berserk. He'd be like, I'm so fucking bored. Like, I don't care. Just pick something. Like, hey, that's what I said. He's basically the next Kanye West, like designing <laughs> what he wants in a woman. Do you know what Simon is doing now in Australia? I don't. Oh, the other thing I was going to ask you is, is his hotel, Simon's Hotel, what was it? The Chambers Hotel? Oh, yeah. Was? The Hotel Chandler. I think it's Chandler, closed. Chandler. I was going to, oh, okay. I was going to ask you, like, is it still up and running? Yeah, totally closed, baby. Oh, oh and she said, what did Alex say her job was? She said she works in visualized, visual merchandising. But wasn't she, like, a merchandiser for, like, Victoria's Secret or something? I don't really know what she ever did. And I, I was always questioning their finances because yeah. they, when they have the house, uh, townhouse in Brooklyn, which is like not cheap and they live in the Cobble Hill area. <laughs> Granted, they did get it in like 2004. So yeah, this but, is like before Brooklyn became cool, wasn't it? Yeah, certainly. I mean, you see like in the later episodes where it's like the infamous scene where Ramona and Bethany like walk across the Brooklyn bridge and like Ramona gets to the Brooklyn side after like completely like roasting Bethany to pieces. Then she like gets to the end of it. She's like, wow, Brooklyn's really nice. Like, like, you know, she'd like never been there. Alex and Simon, how I obviously miss them. Yes. And I forgot about all of um, Alex's like little, I don't know diatribes on parenting and like apparently she's like this parenting expert when really like I'm really curious also to know what her kids are doing now like watch her kids are like total like dropout losers or like I don't know I can't I I don't know I kind of feel like I have like I like root for Alex and Simon and I kind of think they probably are good parents like I think moving those kids to Australia was probably the best thing for them yeah I do too yeah, you know, growing up in Manhattan is really difficult. Growing up with your mom on a TV show is really difficult. And also, like, they clearly were social climbers, and it was clear as day on the show. And, you know, when your parents are just, like, chasing clout, you know, they don't have time to think about your you. Like, so in a way, I'm glad yeah. that they kids away from the social scene so they could like I don't know maybe like reprioritize like their lives like literally going to St. Bart's and spending what they say like less than three figures but more than four figures on dresses I got 23 items from that tacky store like what oh and then Simon explaining to his (laughs) wife what a black card is like gross God, I know. so gross. So, yeah, hopefully they're living, like, I don't know. Australia seems like a pretty chill place. So 
feel like I read somewhere that she's now a lawyer or like trying to be a lawyer. Oh, I kind of remember hearing that too. I feel like, like I went to law have, school or something. I think I might have actually. Oh, actually, wait, no. So Simon decided to go to law school and he's halfway through at this point. That's amazing. It is never too late to follow your dreams, guys. It is never. Oh, yes. I just Googled Simon Van Kempen and it says on Google, it just says Simon Van Kempen professions, lawyer, business person, TV personality. God. (laughs) So apparently he's done with uh, law school. Well, don't forget, he's also a singer. Oh, my God. So, okay. So how would you rate this uh, premiere episode? I would probably say... I would rate Roni probably a nine out of no. You know, actually, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, you know, we didn't really get a lot of the women together in this episode. Where Beverly Hills, they teased us with the, all of them getting on the private jet, which like, right, one right. shows luxury. I think New York like had to like tee a little bit more off. I mean, we saw. Ramona with her girlfriends outside by the pool where Mario's being a pig and oh and they're all acting insane and Ramona like you see the flashes of her clearly like Ramona had an abusive childhood like with an abusive father so like mm-hmm. her ability to like go from zero to 100 is like very evident you especially see it in this episode where I think one of the girls like one of Ramona's friends implies that she is like dressed like a stripper or something and Ramona like <laughs> is going crazy so like that was definitely interesting but now that I'm thinking back to it I think I might have enjoyed Beverly Hills more for story-wise but I think the something amazing coming from New York was also there for me but I would probably give Beverly Hills an 8 out of 10 and then New York like a 7 out of 10 which I can't believe I'm even saying this I actually kind of agree with you because I, I agree like New York was kind of like individual in the beginning and then it's like I feel like it would, took a little bit of time to kind of get everybody together whereas yeah like Beverly Hills was like a little bit more immediate um and I also think that New York I think that New York like took a little bit of time to kind of build up and then it really got in there whereas I don't know Beverly Hills was like it was great right off the bat and like now we see it kind of like fizzling out so yeah very interesting very interesting juxtaposition and um I will say that the New York girls all pretty much look the same with the exception of Bethany and her jawline I mean she had like a completely different face then yeah I mean definitely her jawline surgery was like a face altering and also i think like when she had got pregnant didn't she get like like a really big jaw i feel like that was like yeah she had like it looked like she had been like punched in the in the cheek remember yeah i mean jesus like i know she says like oh i just got botox for tmj like that's not botox all right well this concludes our very first inaugural episode of real housewives happy hour although Neither I love of us that are name. actually drinking. Which is a that. damn shame. I, it is a damn shame. Next time we will drink. Don't worry, people. Megan, can you tell everyone where to find your amazing podcast and your social and everything? So you can follow Bravo Happy Hour on Instagram, Twitter, all the above. And then obviously my show comes out every Monday and Thursday. It's called Bravo Happy Hour. It's a Bravo news show. Jess has been on as an amazing guest. So many other people from the show have come on. So definitely check it out if you're Bravo obsessed and you love podcasts. Mm -hmm.
Thanks so much for listening to Bravo Happy Hour. If you're loving the show, head to Apple Podcasts to leave a quick review and a five-star rating. And while you're at it, head to Instagram and follow at Bravo Happy Hour to talk with fellow listeners on the episode's discussion posts. Also, feel free to shoot me an email at bravohappyhourpod at gmail.com with any super juicy gossip or just to say hi. Be sure to tune in every Monday and Thursday for more of your favorite Bravo-related news. 